0: G'day and welcome to the City on a Hill podcast. I'm Guy, Senior Pastor of City on a Hill, a movement of churches across Australia united around the central mission of knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. Whether you're on your morning commute or sitting down with a warm cup of coffee, I hope this message fuels your faith, hope, and love. And while we're here, let me encourage you to prayerfully consider supporting this ministry. You can do that by heading to cityonahill.com.au. God bless. Look forward to connecting soon. This is Luke chapter 1, verse 67 to 79, Zechariah's prophecy. And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to all his people in forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness, in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace.
1: Thanks, Baruch. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, hey, kids. It's good to have you all with us this morning. Uh, big thanks to Maya for reading. And Ollie, good job, mate, being up the front here and also on the video. Uh, and Greta, good job. You sang like a champion. She'll be up in a little bit uh, soon again. As Mike mentioned, my name is Zach and uh, it's my joy to serve as the lead pastor here at City on a Hill, Brisbane. If you're new with us this morning, thank you so much for coming um, and hopefully get the chance to say hello after the service and connect. Uh, Just to remind you, Mike uh, pointed out, um, bathrooms uh, sort of down the hall, down the elevator, just to your right there, Um, there's a mother's room out the back, uh, like a nursing room, but also uh, the air conditioning is turned on in cinema too, Uh, so if you just need somewhere to take a kid, um, then feel free to pop in there for a moment, Uh, but otherwise, uh, it's the day before Christmas, all of us are, or should be, getting in the mood for just chaos, Yeah. And so let's just treat this morning like an opportunity to just get into the rhythm of noise, of loud, uh, of mess everywhere uh, and just get into that Christmas spirit. So uh, please do not stress this morning. Um, If you're here with us this morning for the first time, welcome to the family. Uh, It's loud, it's crazy, but we love Jesus and we love you and we hope that by the end of this, you'll get to see Jesus uh, and encounter who he is and why we celebrate uh, this moment every year, but why every single week of our church, we are on about knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. Uh, Before we get into our text this morning, I'd like to pray for us a a prayer traditionally prayed on Christmas uh, across the world by the Anglican Church. Uh, Would you pray with me now? stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. And as we are sorely hindered by our sins from running the race that is set before us, let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honour and glory now and forever. Amen. And well, I bet all of us have felt the excitement of knowing that a promised gift is on its way. Maybe a really special present that you know that your parents. getting you, uh, or maybe your spouse or your friends have promised to get you. Hannah, my wife put our Christmas presents under the tree just a few days ago, and Stunny and Zoe, my kids, they could not contain their excitement. Uh, Now, the wait until tomorrow morning just seems like forever. Have you had to wait a long time for a special present? How long have you waited? A week? A month, maybe? How about 400 years? 400 years before our passage that we're in this morning, uh, God spoke to a man named Malachi and told him that God's people would have to wait a long time for their promised gift. God's people had turned away from God. They decided they didn't need God. They could live themselves and they had decided that they preferred their darkness over God's light. But God, because he is merciful, he promised in Malachi chapter 4, verse 2, saying, "'But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings,' you shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. And our passage this morning is looking back on this promise made by God, that God's promised gift would eventually arrive. God's people had been waiting a very, very, very long time for their present. And now it looks like this promised gift is arriving. The gift that they are expecting is a Messiah or a king someone who would free them from the hand of their enemies, as verse 74 tells us. They are expecting someone who will rise up and rescue them. Now, in those days, God's people were under Roman rule. The Romans were occupying their land and ruling over them. And the Bible tells us that this is because the people sinned against God, because they turned their backs on God, as I said earlier. They decided that they wanted to live in their own darkness and not in God's light. And so many people had expectations that the gift that God would give would be the gift of a military king, someone who would fight for them, someone who would lead them in victorious battles over the Romans and free their nation from occupation. But then there were also those like Zechariah, a priest in the temple who prophesied the passage that we just read. And people like Zechariah, they knew God's promise of a king, of someone who would rescue them, wasn't really about freedom from physical or national occupation, but freedom from spiritual occupation, otherwise called the forgiveness of their sins. People like Zechariah knew what God's people needed most, that it was forgiveness for turning away from God they needed to be brought out from the darkness and into the light. Have you ever opened your present at Christmas time and it's nothing like what you were expecting? Maybe you had made it abundantly clear that you wanted a new truck, a new colouring inset, maybe a new jewellery box, maybe you want a new bike or scooter, maybe some of the adults in the room were expecting a very particular ring. But when you opened it, the gift that you got was not what you expected. This is a little bit like what's happening for many of God's people. They were expecting this big, strong king who would lead them in mighty battle victories and chase the Romans out of their land. Instead, the gifts that it looks like they are receiving are two babies being born. One who will be called John, John the Baptist. Another will be called Jesus, whose name means the Lord is salvation. Luke, the uh, author of our book today, he reports a few verses earlier that Zachariah was an old man and his wife Elizabeth was an old woman and she was actually unable to have children, but that one of the promised gifts that God would give them would be a son and they were to call his name John. This prophecy is then sung by Zachariah as he is holding his newly born son, John, in his arms. You could imagine him cradling this baby, overcome with joy. And as he looks into the eyes of this child, he realizes something. As our text tells us, the Holy Spirit comes upon him, speaks to him, and he can't help but sing out, this incredible song of all that God was pulling together and planning for the future. And this is the beginning of God opening the greatest promised gift of all, the promised gift of a king who would rescue them. So he prophesies in verses 76 to 77, looking down at this baby, he says, and you child will be called the prophet of the most high, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. In other words, this baby was born for a very special purpose, to come before the king, the Messiah, who would come and to point the people to the truth that God is about to unwrap his most special promised gift. Now, I'm sure that most of us in this room were not surprised by the content or theme of our kids video this morning. For Christians, for the church, Christmas is about Jesus being born. And this morning, we want to look at this piece of scripture to see just how, just how much Jesus' birth meant to those people and why it can mean so much to you and I still today. Our City Kids video made something very clear and uh, really it's the foundation of what Christmas is all about, that God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. The very special promised gift is Jesus. And our passage this morning is highlighting just how wonderful and beautiful this gift of Jesus being born really is. Finally, light is starting to break through the long-endured darkness. I wonder what you're expecting out of Christmas this year. Maybe you are expecting that very special gift that someone promised you would get this Christmas. Or maybe you're expecting some quiet, maybe some relaxation, maybe some peace... What are you placing your hope in this Christmas? Now that might sound like an odd question, but if we think it through, it's not really. The people of God back in Jesus' day, they were expecting something great. They were convinced that what they were expecting is what they needed. If only someone would rise up and rescue us. It can be tempting for us to read a passage like this or read the gospel stories of Jesus being born and think that we aren't like all those people. We, we like to think that if we were back there in that day, we would have been expecting that God would send Jesus. But are we really all that different? I know for myself that every Christmas, I put the weight of expectation on the fact that there is a week off between Christmas and New Year's. And in that week, all my stress and anxiety will simply fade away. Fade away into the bliss of having nothing to do. I'll be refreshed. I'll be recharged. I'll be ready to face the new year. Now, if that is the reality for you, then just fantastic. And you should praise God for that. But we all know it doesn't last. The peace we might get from a week or two off doesn't carry on for long. It's like the toys we get at Christmas, isn't it, kids? None of them are listening. Fantastic. (laughs) The toys that we get at Christmas often don't last long. In fact, Sonny got a new toy from his grandparents just a couple of days ago, so like a pre-Christmas gift, which I was kind of like, why? But they got it for him anyway. Uh, And within two hours, I broke it, trying to help him put it together. Things like that just do not last. These things that we often think are going to give us peace or happiness. They don't last, but they fail to continue on when they meet the darkness of life. And this is why at Christmas, we look to Jesus, the one born in a manger, as we saw in our video, whose name means the Lord is salvation. Because as we see in our passage this morning, God's promised gift of a king, of a Messiah, is the promise to free God's people from their darkness, to free them from the occupation of their sin and to bring them real and lasting peace. If you're here with us this morning, but you maybe don't normally come to church. Or you maybe wouldn't consider yourself a Christian. I'm so thankful that you have come to join us today. I want you to consider the question, will the thing that you are resting your peace on actually endure and hold up to the weight of this life as it hits in the new year? Will that promised Christmas gift really bring peace? Will that family member arriving for the meal really bring peace? Will that holiday, the time off from work or from study or from parenting really bring peace. And I don't mean a moment of peace like when I relieve Hannah from having our kids all day and she goes to the shops or to a hair appointment and she gets something of a like a moment of peace type of peace. But I'm talking about real peace. Peace in our very core, peace of knowing that we've been rescued by God in Jesus, that through Jesus, God's perfect gift promised and given to us can give us peace with God. See, our our sin that we talked about a moment ago, uh, it isn't just our turning our backs on God, but it's actually declaring war against God. It's to say that God is no longer king. I will be king and I will rule. And so we are rebels against God like his people of old. And what is needed isn't just a feeling of peace, but the assurance that we now have peace with God because Jesus Christ was born and he came to forgive us of those sins. Now, often when we think about peace, we think in subjective terms, like I feel a peace from God. But really, while that can be nice, it isn't necessary. What's necessary is the objective truth that we have peace with God through Jesus, through the very one who came into our dark world as sunlight shooting across the horizon bringing life to our dead spirits and lights to our darkened minds. That's what this passage is talking about. Uh, look at these next few verses, 78 to 79. It says, all of this is happening because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of Peace. Kids, have you ever been in a blackout? When all the lights and electricity go out, it can be quite scary sometimes. It's hard to know where to go. We usually don't know how long it's going to last for and so we get out torches and candles to help us see. But we know torches need batteries. Batteries don't last forever and candles will burn up Candles won't last forever. Really, what's needed is for the electricity to be fixed so that our lights can work again. We need the real problem to be fixed. Better yet, maybe a multitude of singing angels bringing light and glory into the darkness would be a fantastic experience. Might be helpful during a blackout. But ultimately, what we really know deep down inside even if the electricity can't be fixed overnight, is that in the morning the sun will rise and light will not only break through that darkness, but light will destroy that darkness. And this is what this passage is saying that God's plan of salvation is to fix the real problem, our sin against God. We need forgiveness of our sins and light in our darkness, and we need peace. Between us and God. The kind of peace being held out to us this morning is the kind of peace that brings comfort even when the world around us rages. When Christmas doesn't live up to the expectations, when the holiday doesn't provide the rest and relaxation, when the gift unwrapped and it's not what you wanted, the peace being talked about in these verses is the peace that meets the very deepest needs and longings of our hearts, peace that God has rescued us from our darkness from the shadow of death peace that our sins our wrongs against god are forgiven and peace that we are right with god and will live with him forever can you see in our passage that god's purpose of salvation is very particular god's purpose in salvation is forgiveness of our sins and god forgives our sins Because Jesus paid for them. Just like God's people so long ago, without God, we are in darkness. In fact, the Bible tells us that all of us have sinned against God and we do not deserve light or life. But listen to some of the words of our passage once again from verse 78. It says, because of the tender mercy of God. Because God so loved the world, as we heard in our video, because he looks upon you and me and sees his creation, because he longs to forgive us and to have us turn to him. This is why Jesus was born, why he lived perfectly, why he went to the cross in our place so that we can have life so that we who sit in darkness can see that Jesus is the light of the world, that he is the one who gives us real peace. Jesus is the sunrise who shall visit us from on high to give a light to all those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace as the band comes this morning. As Mike said a moment ago, we're going to sing a couple more carols together this morning to close out our time together. And the first carol we're going to sing now is called O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Uh, It's this great carol uh, and it actually utilizes a lot of the language uh, from the passage that we're in this morning. Firstly, if you're unfamiliar with the name Emmanuel, it simply means God with us. This song is calling for God to be present with us and God was present with us in Jesus Christ's birth. Then the first verse, it gets us to consider once again the darkness of Israel's sin and in fact, the darkness of our own sin. That because we didn't want God, because we turned away from him and just like Israel was occupied by the Romans, so our hearts have now been occupied by Sin. We, like Israel, are awaiting the Son of God appearing. Verse 2 uses the same sort of language from our passage that in Jesus' birth, the day has sprung forth. It's not just your casual sort of sitting on the beach early morning, watching the sun slowly rising over the horizon. Now imagine the sun as full of energy as it is, and then someone opens the doors and lets this thing come out. That's the sort of image that it's trying to convey, that the sun of God is shooting out to bring light and life to the people of God in their darkness. The sunrise is upon us. Church, light, light has broken through the darkness in Jesus coming to earth, in Jesus living perfectly the life we could never live, in Jesus dying the death on the cross that you and I deserve to die for our sins, and his rising to life triumphant three days later, church, the sun has risen upon us. Let's join together this morning To rejoice, Jesus has come. He was born as a baby. He did go to the cross in our behalf, granting all those that turn to him forgiveness of sins and peace with God. Church, can we stand this morning and let's sing. Thank you for listening to our podcast.